If uh, you've been with us, we are walking through the life of Jeremiah, and we're kind of using the book of Jeremiah as an outline um, to give you a little bit of background. Uh, Jeremiah is a prophet. He's what we call a major prophet. In the Bible, there are, we group the prophets into one of two groups, major prophets and minor prophets. That's not the matter of importance. That's the length of the books. So minor prophets are the shorter books. Major prophets are the longer books. Jeremiah is what we know as a major prophet because it's a fairly long book. It would, if we went chapter by chapter like we do a lot of times, we would be here for over a year um, doing one each Sunday. So we're not doing that. We're kind of hitting some highlights. Jeremiah prophesied in a very difficult time. Uh, what happened was uh, Israel wanted a king. So God gave them Saul, and then it was David, and then it was Solomon, and then the, the kingdom split, Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Ten tribes went to the north, two tribes went to the south. The tribes up to the north were known as Israel. They had no good kings the entire time. So they went into captivity fairly quickly. The tribes to the south, the two tribes to the south, were, are known in the Bible as Judah. Um, Judah had good kings and bad kings. And when we come to the book of Jeremiah, we are coming to the last good king in Judah. That king was a guy by the name of Josiah. Josiah reigned about 30 some odd years. He was young when he took the throne. Uh, he tried to do some good things in Israel, or in Judah, uh, per se. After he uh, ends his reign, there are four more kings that come. Um, all of them are bad. And Israel goes into captivity. Jerusalem uh, is devastated and goes into captivity. Jeremiah comes at the end of all of Judah's deal. So when Jeremiah steps on the scene, you need to understand things are going well. Josiah's king, it's, things are going good in Israel. There are not a lot of battles. There's not a lot of fights. Everything's going good. They're making friends with their enemies, and Israel's worshiping every god you can imagine. And Jeremiah steps on the scene, and God gives him the job of saying, look, wake these people up, because their nation's about to be destroyed, and they're about ready to go into captivity. And Jeremiah, you're the last guy to really get their attention. And so God sends this prophet, Jeremiah, to these people to preach to them a message that they don't want, they don't think they need, and they don't want to hear. So Jeremiah goes his entire life, 40 years of ministry, and never sees one person listen to him. So in essence, as a preacher, he would preach for 40 years and not see one person change their life because of what he's done. And yet every year, every day, he got up and he did the thing that God called him to do because God wanted him to do it. So he's an incredible Bible character as far as faithfulness. Uh, he was brokenhearted because these were his people. These were people that were friends of his, and he knew what was coming, but he couldn't, nobody would listen to him to stop it. And so that's, that's where we're, we, we are in the book. Um, this morning, we're going to kind of springboard off of a passage in chapter 6. Let me bring you up to speed. Jeremiah has pleaded with these people to turn back to God. He has given them every argument he can give them. And he's continued to try to preach to them. And he's going to come to the passage this morning, and he's going to try to really get their attention on what they need to do. Now, before we do that, I've got to tell you a story about our trip that will help explain a lot, okay? Um, as you know, we were on vacation, and one of the things that we like to do is uh, the ATV thing has become a big hit with us because... You can rent an ATV, you can go out and you can ride and you can see areas of South Dakota that you just cannot see any other way. And by that I mean both good and, and bad. And so this year, 
Uh, we decided that uh, because Jean didn't like to drive, she would ride in the back, so I got a two-seater, and, and it was kind of like the Cadillac version because, I mean, literally, she had the nicest seat. It was like a tractor seat with little armrests and a big high back on it and all cushioned, and it was driving Miss Daisy. I mean, make no mistake about it. <clears throat> so we get on this, and, and, and we signed up for a two-hour trip. I, we wanted to do, some of us wanted to do four-hour, but... Anyway, this year we did the two-hour. Next year, I think, I think we can do the four-hour next year. But anyway, we signed up for a two-hour trip. And so the guy thought, uh, the guy we love working with him, he's, he bought the business last year and, and is doing really well with it. And he thought we had signed up for a four-hour trip. So we always ask him. We say, hey, look, we're, what's some cool things to check out? And he said, well, he said, there's an abandoned cave if you want to go check it out. And he said, here's how you get to it. And so he pulls out like three maps and he's showing us how to get there and everything else and telling us, okay, take a ride at the pile of twigs and, and uh, literally. And then we're get, he's going through all the startup uh, and how to run the machines and everything else. And he says, okay, well, I'll see you guys in four hours. And we went, whoa, we signed up for two hours. And he went, oh, you'll, you'll never make it to the cave in two hours and back. So he ran inside, he grabbed a couple other maps, and he said, here, here's a couple of other things to check out. And, and, so, and there's a lot of cool things, like last year we went to uh, an unmarked grave, or it's a grave, it was like the first grave in that area from one of the settlers, and it said this little cemetery in the middle of nowhere. So there's a lot of cool things like that to check out. But if you've never done this, you don't understand how hard this is. So I, I, I printed up the kind of map that you get, and here's the map that you get. Um, throw that one up there. Okay? Now, I don't know if you can see, and some of this is really hard to see, but these are all little ATV trails. Some of these are roads. But if you'll notice, like this road right here is marked 571.573.1D. And when you're driving buzzing down the road at 35 miles an hour, and there's a little post about this high, and there are those numbers on it, it it's easy to fly by. And it's easy to have to go, oh, where are we? And, and if you'll notice, there are no elevations here. So you don't know if this is one that goes up or this goes down, or you don't know if this is an easy trail or a really hard trail. You don't know a lot. All you know is, okay, so in other words, if we're buzzing down this road and we want to go here, we're looking for 180.111. And on some of these markers, what would happen is over time, the numbers would fade or the numbers would get peeled off. So it was some effort to find these little trails. And then you don't know where the trails go. And so we started out on the trip and we put Joshua in front. And of course, I have two sons and they're incredibly competitive and before it wasn't long, it wasn't too long before one's going, don't you know where you're going? And it, well, if you think you can, then you take it. And we're just sitting in the back with driving Miss Daisy. You know, we're in the way back part of it. So finally I looked at him and said, look, guys, you know, we didn't pay for you guys to yell at each other. If you think you can do it better, you do it. So Jimmy grabbed the map. And so we'd be buzzing down, and all of a sudden he'd stop, and he'd jump off, and he'd look for this little trail thing, and then he'd go this way. And so we spent two hours, and we saw some incredible, it's an incredible way to see South Dakota. We love doing it. Um, and so well, next year, we're hoping we get to do it and take lunch and actually just park somewhere and eat and, and that. So now that we know that Miss Daisy's fine, we can do that now. So anyway, I say all that because that's going to introduce what Jeremiah says to these people after he sums it all up. And, and this will make sense in a second. 
Jeremiah chapter 6, here's what he says. Jeremiah is talking to the, children, the, the people of Judah, and he comes to them, and let's throw it up there, Cole. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths where the good way is. Walk in it. You'll find rest for your souls. But you said, we won't walk in it. I pointed a watchman over you, and you said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. And you said, we won't listen. Hear, therefore, O nations, observe, O witnesses, what will happen to them. He says, look, if you refuse to listen, if you refuse to stop, if you refuse to look, if you refuse to ask for advice, then this is what's going to happen. He goes on to say this. Here, O earth, I am bringing disaster on this people, the fruit of their schemes, because they've not listened to my words, they've rejected my law. What do I care about the incense from Sheba or the sweet calamus from a distant land? That this is a reference to, in these areas, this is something they were well known for. They were well known for their incense. They were well known for their sacrifices. But God said, you know, I don't care about that stuff. I want your heart. And you're not getting it. You're not listening to me. And so he goes on to say, your burnt offerings are not acceptable. Your sacrifices don't please me. And in essence, what Jeremiah begs these people to do is to come back to God, but he says, you're not getting it. You really are not are missing it here. Some commentators have called this passage the, the, the passage of the four verbs. Because in here, there are four verbs, four ideas that are very, very important for Israel to do. The first one is to stop. And what Jeremiah wants these people to do is to stop and to take time to figure out where they really, really are. Um, in our trip, again, we paid for two hours. So you have to realize that when we would stop and go and get, even get off an ATV to go look at a marker, time was money. And it would have been easy to say, you know, that's just not important. Let's just keep driving. But it was important for us to take in that trip in order to really get to understand where we were and enjoy it, it was important to take the time to stop every once in a while and then do what he talks about is to look, examine. Okay, where are we? We'd pull out that map. We'd figure out where we are. At one point we got off. We went over to look at, at one of the, the, the signs that was, that was there because the number, the, the middle number had been removed. And we were hoping, well, maybe there's like a faded area on the sign so we could see if it's a three or a two or, or, or what the number was. But it took some time to stop and really get out and look at that marker closely. Um, and then notice what he says. He says, ask. He says, you stop. He said, you look. He said, you ask. Uh, one of the trails that we got ready to go on, we, it looked like it had been a cool trail. And so we got to it, and we're sitting there, kind of at that crossroads where they come together. And it was actually like three trails that came together. There was there, there was the trail that we were on, and then one went this way, and then then there was one that came into it right there. So we're like three points right there. We thought, well, this is well-traveled. This should be a good one to go down. And all of a sudden, we saw three other machines come down. They were, were I think they're called razors. They, they're basically like four-wheeled dune buggies. You know, two people sitting side by side. They got a little screen thing clipped onto them. And when they came down, they were covered in mud. I mean, the sides where the front was, the sides of them were. And we said, now this is a trail we were thinking about going down. And we said, is it muddy? And they went, just a little. And we thought, okay. And of course, I knew better. I wanted Miss Daisy to have a good experience. I knew better than to take Miss Daisy down the muddy trail. 
Because Miss Daisy, as it is, gets covered in dirt. And, and believe me, that's an issue. Okay? That, it's an issue. So um, <laughs> some of my favorite pictures are her coming off the ATV when it's like she looks like a raccoon because it's like these two clean eyeballs where your glasses were and everything else is. So anyway, so we, I, we said, no, 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 we're not going to go down that trail. That's one we just we're going to bypass. So we headed off another way. If it, was a, if it was just me and the boys and Aaron, let me tell you something. We would have come back muddy and paid the extra mud charge on the thing uh, because that would have been fun. But we decided, no, 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 we, don't, we, want, we want a good experience here because we want to go four hours next year. So, <laughs> so anyway, so we, we did this deal, and, and we decided, you know, we don't take that because we thought, you know what? They've been down the trail. They know. We don't know. When we head down the trail, we're not sure what's there, but they know. So we decided, you know, we're not going to go down the trail. Another trail we got to, I'll never forget, it, it was one of those that looked like a cool trail on the map. But, and this is one of the ones that she's talking about. Most of the trails that we were on were dirt, but this one was all rocks. And I mean, good-sized rocks. And so, you know, we're, when you go up it and you're sliding back and forth like this, and, and you could tell that a lot of people got nervous on this trail because there was a little flat spot. And then at that point on the trail... There was another trail that went off and went right back down to where the trail started. And so we thought, you know what? This path is probably here for a reason. So we all decided to take that path because it was well-worn. And we figured, you know, there's probably a lot of stuff up there that's worse than right here. And and we don't want to go down. But part of it was it was constantly making those decisions for two hours And, 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 and enjoying it. And then when we got, of course... here's the idea that he's saying. He's saying, ask, and then he goes on and he says, walk. He's trying to tell Israel, look, Israel, here's what I need you to do. Judah, here's what I need you to do. I need you to stop and take an evaluation of where you are. You need to really take a good, hard look at where you are. And then, then, Judah, what I need you to do right now is I need you to ask for some advice here. Really look at where this thing's going to take you. And then, Judah, walk. Walk in the good paths. Go back and choose the paths that that are going to end up in the right place for you. Because right now, Judah, you're choosing all the wrong stuff. And he says, if you'll do that, you'll find rest. The word rest is interesting. It's the idea of of, um, peace. Our, Our English word would be contentedness. He said, you know, if you can do that, if you can stop in your life, if you can take a look at where you are, if you can ask for some advice, and you can choose the good path, in the end, you know what you'll find? You'll find peace, and you'll find contentedness in your life. But he says, the sad thing is, Israel, Judah's not going to do that. There's a watchman standing on the tower screaming, the enemy's coming, the enemy's coming, and you guys are like, eh, no big deal. Hand me another hot dog. Like, you guys, you guys are missing it. And he said, so you know what? You're going to go into destruction. And by the way, what's interesting in the life of Jeremiah is when Jeremiah starts preaching, he's preaching to, to two whole nations, two whole tribes. When Jeremiah is done and you come to the end of his life, you know who he's preaching to? The enemy has come through and taken everybody that has any worth or value and taken them with them into captivity. You know the book of Daniel and all the stories about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel and the lion's den and the fiery furnace and all those stories? 
those are the people that were taken during Jeremiah's time that went into captivity. And all Jeremiah is left with preaching is, preaching to is a group of people who when the enemy came through, they went and said, you know what, they're not even worth hauling to Babylon. Let's just leave them here. So he's got this small ragtag group at the end of his life he's preaching to and trying to get them, even them, to turn back to God. And so, you know, it, it's a sad thing because he says, you're not, you're, you're, you haven't done this, and if you don't do this, it's not going to end well, guys. It's not going to end well. So I think there's a lot of lessons for us. I think there's a lot of really great lessons um, in just this short little idea. First thing is this idea of we're traveling, folks. This, is a, this, this world is not home for us. Okay? This is a journey. You know, it's like all week. We, were into, we, we, we rent a, a cabin in the hills. We rent a home. It's actually somebody's home. We were in somebody's home all week. It was not our home. So we took care of it differently. We acted differently because it wasn't ours. And in the same way, what you guys and I have to remember every day is this world is not our home. This is Satan's domain right now. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He's the one who is shaping and molding and directing this thing today. We are just visitors here. We are aliens here. We are strangers in a foreign land. This is not home. And so we have to walk every day as if we are strangers and foreigners here. That's why it should not surprise you when you try to follow God out there in the world, they're shocked. They can't believe it. They don't know how to respond. Well, why would you? Why, why would you do that? No one does that. Well, I do that because I'm a Christian and this is what I'm supposed to do. Well, that, that person treated you that way. You should never. No, I'm a Christian. I respond differently. And so I think there's a, there's a reminder there for us. He, look, he tells these people, he says, look, he compares it to a journey. He says, look, you have to stop. And again, the idea of paths in this in this world that Jeremiah is preaching to is very much like that map of South Dakota Trail. Back then, they didn't have road signs or GPS or all of that stuff. You would head down a trail, and, and, and the trails that were the safest, the trails that were the most walked, were very, very evident. You know, I, like I say, I'm a risk taker. I like off the beaten path. I, get, I think you get to see stuff there that you don't normally get to see. So, like, when we do trips like this, like my wife, I th we thought it was the dumbest idea in the world. But she kept saying she wanted to see Calamity Jane's burial site. Really? <laughs> so, sure enough, you know, and what we do on the trip, everybody gets to decide something they want to do. So she drug all four of our carcasses up to Mount Moriah Cemetery out in Deadwood. And I'm thinking, this is like the dumbest thing. It ended up being like one of the coolest things we did. Because the next thing I know, we're walking through, you know, of course, Jimmy, the pessimist, uh, you know, he's going, oh, this is so encouraging. Let's go visit a cemetery. Uh, <clears throat> so we're walking through the cemetery, and so we go out and see, you know, Calamity Jane, who is it, Wild Bill? Yeah, Wild Bill Hickok, okay, we saw their tombstones. And, and then, it, of course, again, the adventure, and I'm like, well, you know, their, their headstones are here. I want to go way up there. I want to see who's buried at the top of this sucker. 
So we hike all the way up to the top of this cemetery thing. And uh, fascinating, we started looking at tombstones. And we started noticing that, which surprised me, a lot of Jewish headstones in Hebrew. And come to find out that they were one of the early people that settled in Deadwood, actually. And then we, we, we would walk around and we would see, we, would no, we started noticing a lot of the same dates, uh, particularly for kids and, and the smaller kids. You know. and then all of a sudden we get to one of the, 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 the monuments that's there and they talked about during those dates, a lot of the dates that we'd seen was the, the cholera and the different things that came through and wiped out you know, pneumonia, wiped out lots of people. And so when you're all done, you know, they say, no, it's like a, this ancient history lesson not ancient history, but I mean, this history lesson of all of the things that, that had happened. You know, we kind of walked around realizing, you know what? We're fortunate to live in a country and in a time when things like that used to kill people. Now we go in and get a penicillin and we're good. You know? And it started to really walk away appreciating what, what we had. And, and, and I say that to say, you know, it was one of those things where in our lives, we have to, we need to take the time to do that sometime. And Jeremiah was preaching to his people, and he said, look, one of the things you've got to do is you've got to stop. You've got to take some time to stop. And look, you know as well as I do, your life runs faster now than it ever has. I can't tell you the number of retired people I talk to that say, I'm busier now than I was when I was working. I'm running now more than I ever have in my life. And we got all these things that are supposed to make our life easier until they go wrong and then they make our life more complicated. We're running faster and faster and faster. You go, Pastor, I don't have time to stop. It cost us money when we stopped the ATV and got out to try to figure out where we are, but it's what made the trip worthwhile too. You have to stop. And that's what Jeremiah's begging Judah to do. Stop. Figure out where you are. Look around. Some of you, some of you are at a point right now in your life where you really need to stop and look and in some cases really enjoy where you are. I, how, many, how many of you who have raised kids would say, if I could go back and do it all over again, what would you do? You'd spend more time with them. Huh? Beat them. <laughs> yeah, discipline them. Get them to learn those things. No, I mean, we always come in and we go, you know, I wish I would have enjoyed those moments. I wish I would have spent more time enjoying it instead of doing this or that or this or that. And some of you have learned that. Some of you learned that from under work. You know what? Then enjoy where you are right now. You know, my wife and I realize what we, what we have experienced the last three years is rare and every year we go, we come back and say, I don't know if we'll ever get to do it again. Because to get, to get three, in our case, five adults who have all different schedules to take off a week and to go do something like that in this culture is hard, really hard. And so every time we get to do it, we come back and go, you know what? I'm glad we got to do it. It may have been the last time. Hopefully it's not. But you know what? If it was, we made some great memories. We had some great time. You know? And we just decided we're going to take advantage of it. We're going to stop. Look at where you are. Some of you, you're in a great place right now. But you know what? You're running so fast, you're not even enjoying it. 
Stop. Look around. Look at where you are. Some of you, you're headed down a road that doesn't end well. Stop and look at where you are. Ask yourself, if this continues, where does it usually end? Where does it usually play out at the end? And ask yourself that. You know, <clears throat> my wife and I, we, we, we did this a number of years ago with our finances. We sat down and said, okay, if we keep spending the way we're spending right now, where does that end? And we sat down and went, you know what? This road does not end where we want it to end. So we have to stop. We have to look at where we are. So we started asking some advice from some people. And we started saying, okay, let's make some changes. Let's get on a different road. Let's head down a different path. And we got that way, and we got where we were because we stopped and asked some hard questions. We asked, we, we got advice. We talked to people who handle money well. We talked to people who know how to handle, who, who know how to do that stuff. And I mean, for me, listen, I would love to live as, I'd love to go back to the barter system. It's like the most perfect system in the world in my mind. Um, you know, but, you know, money's not my thing. So I went to people who do well at it and, and have Christian values about it and, and understand it and can help me with it. You know, with our kids, we would do that. You know, we'd sit down and say, we always tried to have, we always got advice from people. I always tried to have friends who had kids at the next age level that ours were. So here's, here's how that played out. When my kids were in junior high, I had friends who had high school kids. And I would listen to what their problems and their issues were because I knew, guess what issues and problems we were going to have. And when my kids were in high school, I found people who had kids who were in college. When my kids got in college, I, we found people who were, had people who were just getting into careers or married. And now we got one, one kid married, one kid not. We're, we're kind of split between people who have the career path kids and people who have grandkids. And so, you know, we're trying to navigate, learn from them, learn what's head, what, what, what issues are coming down. Why? Because we haven't walked that path, but other people have. I can't borrow character. I can borrow brains. And if you haven't figured it out, there's always somebody smarter than you. And so what I've just decided is, we go there, my wife and I, if you don't know, part of it, I'll give you an example. Um, we forgot where we wanted to be financially, so we made some financial plans and some goal. We've wanted to remodel our bathroom for three years. In the past, we would have done it and then figured out how to pay for it. But we saved for three years to be able to remodel our bathroom and do it like we wanted. So now we're in the middle of remodeling our bathroom. What that means is, that means that in order to save costs, I do the labor. So Guido and Paco, me and Doug, um, we work on how to do that. I've never tiled in my life. There's a reason I've never tiled in my life. I didn't understand it until I started tiling. Now I know why it was. I'm not a big tile guy. I know I'm not a big fan of tile, but we decided to tile it. And we decided not to tile it the, the regular way. We wanted the fancy stuff. So we got all of this fancy stuff. I never tiled before. So, but here's what I know. I got a friend who loves to tile. Got Doug, and I said, Doug, come over. Help me get started. Doug helped me get started. Got the basics down. Then I said, hey, Doug, have you ever done glass tile? Nope, never done glass tile. Okay, YouTube, here we come. So get on YouTube. I watch all the videos on glass tiling. Now, this is a together project. Wah and wah. So we decided to get together and do this together. It's bonding time. It's, it's that, that special memories that you create when, it's em- when you're empty nesters. And so my wife became a fantastic back butterer. And A, it has nothing to do with your back and has nothing to do with butter. It has to do with 
with thin set and mastic on the back, but she's really good at that. And then when we got the glass tile, we didn't know what to do, so we watched the videos, and then here's what would happen. This is how we'd do it. I'd sit down in the morning, and I'd say, come on, honey. She'd come into my office. She'd get a chair. We'd sit down, and we'd watch YouTube videos. And I'd say, now let's go do it. So then we would go up, and we would do it. And then we would go, okay, now we're going to have to grout. And so then we watch YouTube videos, and we go up, and we grout. And so this is how, this is how the whole thing has gone. But the thing is, we figure we can ask somebody for help here. And there's all kinds of resources out there of people, and, 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 and it's actually, I got to say, I'm pretty impressed with myself um, because it's looking a whole lot better than I thought it was going to look, and, and, and I'm really impressed. We can actually do projects together, so we're, we're learning that way together, and we're working up, but, but the thing is, I'm really not walking down the path alone. I've got help from, from Doug, from friends, from YouTube, from all other kinds of things. And some of you are up against things right now, and you're trying to handle on your own. I don't understand why. I, I don't understand why you're trying to create, recreate the wheel. There, is it pride? I'm not too proud to go watch YouTube. You know, I'm not too proud to go to my friend and go help me here. I don't. I'm in over my head. Um, what is it? There are people who have walked the path before. Talk to them. Well, you know, I'm afraid of what they'll think about me. Well, okay, let me help you out. We're all dysfunctional. Okay? So let's just go from there. It's just a matter of how dysfunctional you are. You know, that's what we figured out. It's just what level of dysfunction am I at? Because we're all dysfunctional. We all have our, 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 our quirks and our goofy things and things that we struggle with and Things that, we're all in the same boat trying to walk the journey together. Can you imagine me looking at those guys coming down in those four-wheelers going, huh, they had more money than me because they rented the expensive machines. And you know what? I don't know what their religious belief system is, so I'm not going to ask them whether or not the trail is muddy. Can you imagine that? I, I don't care who they are. They could have been aliens for all I cared. They know whether or not the trail is muddy. So tell me, is the trail muddy? Oh, yeah, we got all this on our truck. Going through that. Okay, we ain't going there. You can get help. You can, and, and in this culture, there's so many things that offer you so you don't have to walk that journey alone. And so many of you are struggling because you're trying it on your own. And that, that's kind of crazy in this world. It really is. And he says, look, then you'll make a decision and you'll walk that way. He says, stop, look at where you are, Ask advice, get all the input that you need, and then make a decision and start walking. Some of you have the hardest time in the world making a decision. Because you like analyze it a hundred different ways, and then you get you like, take like two steps, and then you want to analyze it another hundred different ways, and you take another step, and then you want to rethink it all and keep looking back. There comes a point of evaluating a decision, but there comes a point at which you've got to go forward and just go. That's what he's telling Israel. Look, figure out where you are and start moving in a direction that pleases God. You can always adjust it and tweak and stuff like this. You know, we started up one hill and realized, this is pretty dangerous. Let's go, and, and we adjusted for it. But can you imagine us? Can you imagine the five of us standing there for a half an hour trying to analyze the map and figure out, well, you know, if we go this way, it, it could be dangerous. Well, there could be mud. 
there could be. I, we could analyze that thing to death. And at the end of, at the end of our two-hour trip, we've gone like two miles. You know? And, and, and this is what he's saying. Walk. Head. Look, you're going. In a Christian life, you're moving forward or backwards right now. There's no neutral. You're going one of two ways. Your finances, you're going forward or backwards. Your, your relationship with your spouse, if you're married, forwards or backwards. Your kids, forwards or backwards. Your job, forwards or backwards. You know, there, there's not this neutral coast kind of thing in, in our lives. We're, our lives are too interconnected with our spiritual life and, and our mental and social, emotional, and all that. You're making progress one way or the other. And, and Jeremiah's plea with these people was, stop, look at where you are, ask the advice, walk forward, and then, then you can find the contentment, the rest that God offers. And that's my challenge to you. You know, God said, look, I, I have come not that you might have life, but that you might have life abundantly. Not just a life, but an incredible life. Not a day where you get up and go, oh man, it's Monday, I hope I get through the week. No, a, a, a kind of life where you get up and go, hey, it's Monday, I get to have another day. Because I got news for you, as bad as your job is, there are a whole lot worse things tomorrow. Come hang with me for a week. I'll show you. There are a whole lot worse things. You know, it could always be better. I get it, but it could always be worse. But take what you've got right now and, and appreciate it and, and value it and enjoy it. And understand that if, if you're at a point in your life where it's not working, you need to stop and take a look. And so my challenge to you this week is it: Stop. Take some time this week. Stop. Pull away for a few moments. Pull away. And then ask yourself. Look, look real hard at your life. Is the direction you're on? Where, where does it lead you? Where's it going to take you if you keep going that way? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? Is it where you want to be or where you don't want to be? Get advice from people who've already traveled the path. We've got older people in here. You know what bothers me about older people? As they get older, they don't think they have as much value. And so, rather than speak up, they just sit. So they watch their grandkids do something crazy or, or something that may need a little help. And they, I don't want to rock the boat with my kids. I'm not going to say anything. They'll learn. God didn't give you that wisdom to, be, to sit there and be quiet. God gave you those life experiences to be able to impact the generations following you. Well, you know, I just don't want to say much. You know, I don't want to meddle. Meddle! Get involved. You can do it in the right way. I have these discussions with my kids all the time. You know, I go, look, take it for what it's worth. But here's what I do different. I, I, I said my piece. Man, you know, we have a resource here of older folks who have incredible life experience, and it bothered me because you're not, you're not, you're not coming alongside some of these people who've got these little bitty infants, and, 
And, and every moment they're all, they're all, eh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'll break it. I'll break it. I'll break it. And you're like, eh, let me show you the toys we play with. Sharp metal edges. Uh, you know, um, you know, guns that actually shot things out of them, like corks. Um, you know, and my kids survived. You've got all this wisdom. You've got all this life experience. Please share it. Please share it. And some of you who are younger, ask. When I find a couple who's been married 50, 60 years, you know what? I always, I always cornered those people. I'd say, give me some secrets. Tell me how. Give me some clues. One of the funnest things I ever had. had a, I'll never forget them. Um, Henry and what was her name? Um, Henry, Mildred. Henry and Mildred Staggers. Older couple, they've been married like 60, 60 some odd, 70 years. I'll never forget. I had a bunch of teenagers over. We go over and visit older people. When we, and I had a bunch of teenagers and thing. And <laughs> Harry treated Mildred like, like, like the queen. I mean, he just, he did everything for her. Phenomenal guy. But i never forget, I had a whole bunch of teenagers sitting around in a circle, and I said, Harry, I said, I got a bunch of kids here who are dating. I said, you guys have been married a really long time. I said, you got any advice for him? I'll never forget. He was sitting in his chair, kicked way back. <laughs> he said, boys, he said, you treat them rough and tell them nothing. <laughs> and I'm going, Henry, you know, I mean, or Harry, I mean, Harry, what are you doing to me here? And then Mildred just started laughing just like she always would. And she'd go, you know what? He's never done that to me. He's just pulling your leg. And, you know, because he always treated her like a queen, you know. And, and it was great advice, you know, because the thing was, even in, in their older, they still had their sense of humor. He still was, had all of that stuff about him. And, and I, I, I go back to those kinds of things and go, you know what? I can learn from those people. You know, I, one of the things we do as a family, one of the things I've had so many people tell me is, enjoy your kids while you have them. Enjoy them. And it was a change for us. It was a big change for us. And so we made some changes in our life. We realized the path we were on, we weren't enjoying them. We were, we were trying to get them to the next level. So we started to enjoy them more. You know, and we're at a fortunate right now. We're at, we're at one of those places where, honestly, we're standing, looking, and enjoying it. And I don't know how much longer it'll last, but I'll tell you what, I'm going I'm to take in a view while I can until the, God takes us to the next place. And he says here, stand, which means stop. Look at where you are. Ask some advice. Start walking. And then you'll find the contentedness that God has for you. So I end up with this. My prayer for you this week is that you take some time to look at where you are. Maybe it's time for reflection. Maybe it's time for enjoyment. Maybe it's a time to make some really tough decisions. But make sure you're choosing the best paths for your life. The best one. Because every path is leading you somewhere. And you don't want to come to the end of your life, the end of your journey, the end of your walk, and say, I regret this. I only wish I would have Change it now while we can. Let's pray. Lord, guide, direct us, use us.